hype um, is uh, is a night where uh, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm not teaching, and uh, we actually have a guest with us, guest speaker, who's going to share his testimony. Josh Tomlinson is going to be sharing his testimony soon with us. And so we've had one earlier this semester with Mike Troth, and this is going to be our second one of the year with Josh. And uh, if you weren't here for that first one, how we do testimony nights is we're still going to go read through our passage that we normally would go through on a Sunday night, and then we're going to ask uh I'm going to ask Josh questions and how that passage has been applicable to his life and how he has practically lived that out. So hopefully it gives you an opportunity to see Scripture lived out practically. So if you have your Scripture notebooks with you, I'm going to read our passage straight through. And as always, grab your pens, uh, be ready to underline or circle anything that doesn't make sense. Um, or anything that stands out to you, and be ready to take notes during Josh's testimony um, of just things that happened in his life, how it relates to your life, because we're going to ask those questions in small groups as we normally do on a testimony night. So have your pins ready and uh, follow with me. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verse 17. So page 22 of your scripture notebook, we're going to go 17 through the rest of chapter 7. So follow along with me. Let each one live his, his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. This is what I command in all the churches. Was anyone already circumcised when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. Circumcision does not matter, and uncircumcision does not matter. Keeping God's commands is what matters. Let each one of you remain in the situation which he was called were you called while a slave? Don't let it concern you. But if you can be free, by all means, take the opportunity. For he who is called by the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called as a free man is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of people. Brothers and sisters, each person is to remain with God in the situation in which he was called. Verse 25. Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I do have, I give an opinion as one who by the Lord's mercy is faithful. Because of the present distress, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. However, if you get married, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But such people will, will have trouble in this life. And I'm trying to spare you. This is what I mean, brothers and sisters. The time is limited. So from now on, those who have wives should be as though they have none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they didn't own anything. And those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it. For this world in its current form is passing away. And I want you to be without concerns. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the married man is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord so that she may be holy both in body and spirit, but the married woman is concerned about the things of the world and how she may please her husband. I am saying this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but to promote what is proper so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. Verse 36, if any man thinks he's acting improperly toward the virgin he is engaged to, if she is getting beyond the usual age for marriage, he feels he should marry. He can do what he wants. He is not sinning. They can get married. But he who stands firm in his heart, who is under no, no compulsion, 
but has control over his own will, has decided in his heart to keep her as his fiancée will do well. So then, he who marries his fiancée does well, but he who does not marry will do better. A wife is a wife is bound as long as her husband is living, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wants, only in the Lord. But she is happier if she remains as she is, in my opinion. And I think that I also have the Spirit of God. Okay. We read a lot. I just want to give a quick, big, overarching theme to kind of just put this passage in context of what we talked about. And then we'll invite Josh up here to share. So last week we talked about in the first half of 1 Corinthians that they had this question. And if you don't remember that question, look back in verse 1. And basically the Corinthians asked uh, Paul, you know, is it good for a man to have sexual relations with a woman? And last week, if you were here, we read about um, the sexual uh, a context for sexual relations, which is within marriage between a biological man and a biological woman. And he says it's good in that marriage context to have sexual relations. And this second half of 1 Corinthians 7, what we see is Paul saying, hey, like, if you're not married, don't think that just marriage is the end goal. Like, don't think that you're left out as a single person or someone who's unmarried or someone who's been widowed or divorced. He says, you have a gift as well. And we talked about this last Sunday night. We talked about, if you're here at church this morning, we talked about the gift of being able to serve God with an undivided attention. And Paul says that that is a gift um, as, as much as, as sex within marriage is a gift. And so Paul's big theme, big idea here is wherever you're at in your life, First and foremost, find contentment in God. Find contentment in God wherever you're at in life. Whatever situation you find yourself, your goal is to glorify God above anything else. And so he says, whether you're married or single, make that your priority in life. And so that's kind of the big arching 30,000 foot view of this passage. Again, if you have questions about what Paul specifically was writing Make sure you have those underlined. Make sure you have those circled because there's a lot of, and I'll admit, there's a lot of confusing statements that Paul does give in that passage. Ask those to your small group leaders. Dive deeper into that, um, into small groups um, after Josh is done sharing his testimony. So right now I'd like to welcome up Josh Tomlinson uh, to the platform. So welcome, Josh, everybody. Um, I've known Josh for a few years. Just to give some background um, of how I know Josh. Um, Josh, you've been in Eureka for a few years now, and um, I met him a few years ago. We have uh, have a pretty good friendship, yep. meet a lot at Fair Coffee. Um, and Their coffee is better than Fair. It's actually pretty superb. So. It's pretty superb, yeah. <laughs> the name's kind of deceiving. Yeah. Better than and, Fair Coffee. And so, um, yeah, so I've known Josh for a while, and uh, he accepted to talk to all of us tonight and share some of his story and yep. how his story relates to this specific passage. Absolutely. So I'm excited tonight to hear how God has worked in his life uh, over the course of his lifetime and especially over the last couple years Absolutely. Um, since yep. we've been friends and gotten to know you better um, and just how that has been glorifying to God. So um, with that, tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh. What what was your life like before a relationship with Jesus? What's your family like? Let's Help us to get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to stand because I'm used to standing. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, first of all, I want to say your guys' youth room looks absolutely amazing. I mean, I love the carpet ball table right there and the ping pong table and the foosball table. This is like the perfect spot to hang out. 
Um, when I was in youth group, I loved to play those type of games. So when I was in high school, um, one of the biggest things I loved to play was ping pong. So that's a hobby of mine. I love to play ping pong. Uh, I also love goggle ball, like you guys played here tonight. Um, I love to bowl. I like bowling. Uh, I love to fish. So I love the outdoors. I love camping. I love fishing. I love anything outdoors. Um, and that's kind of me. I'm an outdoors kind of guy. So, And then uh, born and raised in Kansas City, so that's where I'm from. Uh, my dad's actually a pastor, so I was raised in a Christian home. Um, and I really, really enjoyed my time in Kansas City. There's a ton of stuff to do. It's awesome. Um, I graduated from Calvary Bible College in 2020, so oh, two and a half, three years ago. Can't believe it's been that long. Um, and now I'm settled out here. I work as a custodian at Eureka High School. Um, I love it. It's a great job. Um, sweeping the floors, you know, mopping the cafeteria, meeting you guys. It's great. So that's a little bit about myself. Um, we can kind of transition on to the, yeah. the next question. So. Yeah. So, um, so in your story of how God has intersected your story, what right. events led to you to understand the gospel to your moment of Absolutely. conversion of accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yeah, great question. So I was raised in a Christian home. Like I said, my dad was a pastor. I understood the gospel. I understand truths of scripture, but it didn't really settle in my heart. Like it was all kind of like outward stuff. It's like I was doing stuff to impress people. It was all a performance. It wasn't about like a personal intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It was all about like just trying to please the average Joe on the street trying to please my dad or try, try to please my mom or the people in the church. Um, when I got to be about the age of 12, um, so I was in seventh grade, I realized that I was a sinner and I needed Jesus, so I accepted Christ into my heart. But during my high school years and even just middle school, high school, even early college, I just struggled with what would be called living our life um, as a Christian, so progressive sanctification. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that term. So that means just like walking like Christ. I struggled in my walk with Christ. Uh, when I got to college, the gospel really kind of settled in my heart, and I realized it's not about anything external. So, like, I don't read my Bible every day. I don't pray. I don't do these things because God's going to love me anymore. I do those things because God first loved me regardless of what I did. So, I mean, Ephesians chapter 2 says we were completely far away from God but God chose to love us anyway by sending us Jesus. And that was like nothing that we could do on our own part to save ourselves. So I, I realized that in college, and it kind of settled in like, okay, the gospel isn't about a performance. It's not about like what I do. It's about what Christ did for me. So, Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and so since accepting Christ as Savior, what, what has changed? What are some inward attitudes, some evidences that the Holy Spirit's living in you, especially uh, as it relates right. to this passage? Have you learned some life lessons revolving around what this passage is talking about? Right. So I was recently out at Black Partridge Park up there in Metamora. Have you guys ever been there? Yep. So there's a ton of walking trails, about seven miles worth of walking trails. It's awesome. And I was up here on a hill, and I was looking down into the valley, and there's just a bunch of trees, and it's hard to see, like, past the next hill because there's a lot of trees. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of like where I'm at in life right now. It's kind of hard. You know, I'm in a season of a lot of struggle, and, I, you know, we have to kind of sometimes get on top of the mountaintop to see where we're going, and God's kind of bringing me through the valley right now. So in this season, God's teaching me how to be content how to have a good attitude, how to trust him, how to persevere when things are hard, and how to keep my eyes fixed on the Lord even when I'm in a season of drought, so to speak. Um, so those are some of the things that God has taught me over the years and is teaching me now. Yeah. So. 
And obviously, when we become Christians, we're not perfect yeah, in not at all. in um, in the things that God's teaching us. Like we still struggle with yeah. sin. Yep. Um, so, how do you deal with sin differently now that you have a relationship with Jesus as opposed to before having a relationship with Jesus? Do you have specific examples and stories that maybe you can share with our group? Yeah. So, whenever I like disobeyed my dad in our household, like he would take out his belt and whip me or whatever, and I used to get really, really like frustrated and stuff like that because I couldn't be perfect, so to speak. And that's how I viewed God. Like every time I made a mistake or I sinned, God would just like slam me into the ground like a big, big bag of ogre or something like that. Like God's this big ogre and he's going to slam me into the ground. And that's not how God is at all. God is loving and he extends his arms of grace to us. So now when I sin, I realize that God has already cast my sins as far as the east is the west. It's like when I sin now as a Christian, those sins were already paid for on the cross 2,000 years ago. So all I have to do is confess my sin to God, and he's completely forgiven me. So that's the perspective that I have now as a Christian, is when I sin, God's not going to slam his fist against me and destroy me. No, he, you know, killed Christ on the cross for my sins so that I don't have to walk under condemnation. So, Yeah, for sure. Amen to that. Now, has there been times in your life when you weren't content with where God has had you, or where yeah. this passage of 1 Corinthians 7 uh, talks about? And if so, what was the result of that situation? Right. And what were some lessons that God taught you in that season sure. of life? You're smirking because I'm kind mm -hmm. of in that season right now. Um, so God's teaching me right now. I'll be perfectly candid with you guys. I'm in a season where I'm you know, really struggling with where does God want me next in life? Mm -hmm. And I'm having to learn to be content and trust in God and trust his plan for my life. And it's sometimes hard when, you know, we see our struggle in front of us to remember that our struggle doesn't block out our big God. So God mm -hmm. is greater than our struggle. God is greater than the things that we are struggling with. But he stoops down low, and he brings us up out of the pit, and he brings us out of our struggle and meets us where we're at. And God's grace meets us where we're at. So that's what God's teaching me Yeah, now. That's awesome. Life. Praise God. Thanks for sharing. So, obviously, our student ministry has been going through First uh, Corinthians this whole semester. Uh, what's a gospel truth that you would want middle school and high school students um, to really know and to hold on to as they continue to navigate life in their current season of life? Right. I felt like the Lord actually impressed upon me a scripture passage um, on the way here tonight, and I wanted to read it to you guys. And it's Psalm 37, um, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, <clears throat> and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's the heartstring, and that's the really the nugget of the gospel, the, the treasure that you can grab out of the gospel is when we delight ourselves in God, he's equally delighting himself in us and his desires for us to grow in him and to walk in him and to really be successful as a Christian in this life is rooted in the desires that he places in our hearts to follow him and to serve him wholeheartedly. So I just want to encourage you guys, um, as Kent said this morning, the treasure of Christ is more important than video games or anything else that you could insert in there. Christ is worth pursuing um, above any other thing in this life, relationships or video games or food or whatever. Christ is more important than those things. So I just want to encourage you guys with that, and I'm encouraging myself as well because it's easy to get distracted. Yeah. Amen so, to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then lastly, uh, what's some practical advice that you would give uh, our student ministry on how to live God-glorifying lives, how to live out those gospel truths that you've just shared with us? Right. 
Um, another passage of scripture I want to share with you is John 15. Um, and I'll just paraphrase it here. Jesus says, uh, abide in me and I will abide in you. Um, for it's my Father's desire that you bear much fruit. So abiding in Christ means walking in him, obeying his commands, listening to his voice through his word, and really pursuing the voice of God above any other voice that you hear, what your friends are saying, what you're hearing at school, whatever, hearing on TV. The Bible is your ultimate source of truth. Follow that, for that is the lamp to light your path. So... Well, thank you for sharing, Josh. I appreciate your time um, and just vulnerability and sharing with us. Something that we like to do um, after every testimony night. Actually, hold on. I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, something that we like to do is we like to pray for the person that shares. And so uh, what's something that we as a student ministry can be praying for um, in your life and the next s- upcoming season? How can we be praying for you personally? Yeah, so I have... Uh, with the mic. Yeah, <laughs> I have two job positions that I may possibly pursue in the future, so just pray that God makes that clear. Um, they're both equally awesome, uh, and they both provide things that I'm looking for, but God's either going to have to close one door or close both or open one or close the other. So I just ask you guys to pray for me in that as I discover his will. So, so we're going to pray for Josh right now. So if you would, um, bow your heads. And um, something that we always like to do to just... Uh, show solidarity that we support you and that we're praying for you and, and we want to encourage you is we want to reach a hand out to Josh uh, to show that um, we're, we're praying for him as a student ministry. So would you please uh, pray with pray with me? Father God, we just want to pray for Josh. Uh, we just thank you for his willingness to share with our student ministry uh, and just where's, uh, areas where he uh, has struggled, honestly, to be content um, and just where you've grown him in those areas and where you've taught him lessons that you are the ultimate treasure in his life to, to seek and to follow after. God, I just want to pray for him specifically as he uh, has a couple of job opportunities in front of him that you would make it abundantly clear where you want him to go. God, I pray that uh, he would be dependent upon you, that he would seek your desires and will upon his life, not his own flesh desires. Uh, God, I just pray that you would keep him close to you wherever you have him um, in the next season of life. Uh, God, just hold on to him fast, and I just pray that he would be a faithful servant, glorifying you, furthering your kingdom where he's at right now, and then the next, uh, as he navigates the next seasons of life. God, we love you. We serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.